to episode 8 of the Busy Aviation Podcast. I can't quite believe we've got all the way to episode 8 already and I'm really looking forward to today's show where we're going to speak to Catherine Vinclair. She is a film producer, a professional voiceover artist, but more than that she has a passion for aviation. It's going to be a great show, I'm really looking forward to it. Let's go. Hi Catherine, welcome to the Busy Aviation Podcast. It's really great to have you with us and I'm so looking forward to our conversation. We're going to cover quite a few things, but I'd like to start off with just finding out a little bit more about yourself and your passion for aviation. Sure, sure. Well, I'm a filmmaker, but I harbour a secret ambition that's not so secret these days. To enter into the aviation industry, I would love to train and become a pilot. And I've not actually even started my training yet, so I'm a complete outsider looking in to the industry at this point. But like most people who catch the flying bug, you go up in a plane one day and you make a very quick decision, I think, that that is something you want in your life and you want to bring it into your life as as much as possible. So you end up considering a potential pilot career. Yeah, some years ago that I did that very first flight. So, But I can still remember that feeling and that's something that's never left me. I say this again and again on the podcast, I think, and, and I do call it a passion for aviation and for flight. But there's something else uh, as well that uh, you are working on at the moment, apart from your interest in flight, but that has sparked something else, I think, more aligned with your professional career? Yes, absolutely. During COVID, I set up a production company called Flight Path Productions, and we are about one year now into our pre-production for our first feature-length documentary, which is all about women in aviation. Okay, and what's it called? Or what's it going to be called? It's going to be called Women at 36,000 Feet. Okay, so that's women in airliners then. <laughs> well, we had to find a way of encapsulating... I get it, yeah. ...the high-flying nature of the profession. Yeah, no, I absolutely get that. I'm just teasing you. Okay, that's great. And what's the film? I mean, I can we can tell from the title a little bit about what the film's about, but can you give us a bit more detail? Absolutely. The principal objective of the film is to attempt to answer the question, why is the global average of female pilots, certified female pilots, around just 7%? That's a figure from AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Depending on where you look, the figures will fluctuate, different industries do slightly better within aviation than others, different countries, different demographics. But overall, representation of women within the aviation industry is still quite abysmal, given that women have been flying for over a hundred years. So what gives? The purpose of the film yeah. is to try and answer that. Excellent. I think that's going to be quite a project but something that's really quite important as well. Um, as you probably know, I'm by trade a, a helicopter pilot uh, and yeah. have been so for quite some years, but uh, we have very low representation of, of female pilots in the industry uh, and, and way below probably our, our fixed wing colleagues as well. And 
it, it, it's difficult to ascertain why that is, but I'll, I'll come back to that. I think the film itself. I know you've been you've been fundraising, you've been crowdsourcing. What what's the real challenges behind this film? What what's stopping you getting at the moment to to production? The primary challenge for us is to raise the budget for this film. With as with any independent production, we have not got backing from famous people who can offer us the thousands needed to take this project into the edit suite and uh, start filming everything that we need. It's a global production. So our pre-production has been done over Zoom. We've been dealing with the challenges of the pandemic, of not even being able to fly anywhere for quite a lot of the time, even if we had the budget. We want to move beyond Zoom calls. We know that we can't make a compelling film without meeting people in person. And that means creating a budget that gives us that freedom to send people out to film all over the world where we've made such fantastic connections with all sorts of pilots and professionals from many different countries. Okay, I get it. So it's really financial at the moment. Everything else is in place apart from the pandemic. Uh, Absolutely. That's what you need to move forward. Yeah, okay. Totally. And it sounds really interesting. So, So will the film be based around, you know, having conversations and uh, interviewing other female flyers is that will that will be the basis of it or is there something else to it as well principally it's based on the incredible conversations that we've had with male and female uh, pilots and professionals around the world because it's the it's the diversity of experiences the diversity of viewpoints that make up this microcosm of global feminism and the aviation industry at large. And we're there to try and present that intersection in a creative medium. So what we really want to do is demonstrate just how just how diverse people's experiences are and people's views of the industry at large as well. Because Everyone wants to be as positive as they can be, of course, about female representation. And a lot of the world is already very awake and aware and accepting of women in the cockpit. I'm sure most of your audience are aviation enthusiasts who wouldn't dream so. of even questioning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure most of your audience wouldn't even dream of questioning the idea of a woman in the cockpit. But the, <laughs> but yeah. the, but that I don't is know an if you opinion. Know my audience that well. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, I, I absolutely get what you mean. Uh, I, I don't think I think I had a very similar conversation. Uh, I did uh, a podcast uh, with one of our helicopter pilots, female helicopter pilots, mm. who just got her command, and we were talking very much about this and the days of the dinosaur. I think where. Where certainly when I joined the Air Force, for example, uh, I was on Nimrods, and and there were no female pilots. Um, I, I remember that. I remember when we started to recruit female pilots, and then it just becomes natural. In fact, it becomes peculiar when you think back about why it never happened before. But that was just the way of the world. But I think you, as you say, the audience. You'd like to think that the audience in general. I'm not talking my audience, but in general, probably wouldn't have a problem. 
with women in the cockpit. And I think we're probably very close to that. I don't think there are huge amounts of, I keep on saying dinosaurs around. Uh, we all know that women are very, very capable. Certainly all the women, female pilots that I've met would put me to shame. Um, so so <laughs> there's no real reason for it to happen. So so on that basis, what do you think the barriers are then? Why, why aren't we seeing, well, certainly from my point of view, even applications from female pilots? Absolutely. It's a really complicated topic. It's not, not something that can be summed up in sound bites, which I think is why yeah. we want to have a feature film documentary made about this, because there's an awful lot to discuss. All sorts of small factors can contribute to the overall confidence that a girl or a woman has in entering into a male-dominated field. It's not so much a case of women being banned from entering the profession. In some cases, there are unfortunately regulations around women doing ex... Uh, there are regulations around what women can and cannot do as, uh, as pilots, regardless of their training opportunities. But overall... There's no barrier saying women can't do this and women are not allowed to enter this profession. But it's things like a lack of representation within aviation businesses that then contributes to perhaps some things being overlooked within the aviation field. Things that might benefit women working in the industry, I'm talking about things like marriage and children versus a career. And whilst in an awful lot of Western countries, women are not suddenly placed under under really strict regulations as to what they can and cannot do when they are married or when they have children. And a lot of women are pilots and mothers and wives and do all of those things and find ways of making it work because that's as it should be. They should have that freedom. There are still many countries where that isn't the case. You've also got things like the psychology of just stepping into a male-dominated environment. Loads of women who do amazingly well in this career are some of the most confident, inspiring, tenacious women I've ever spoken to. I'll come off of Zoom calls with them feeling so geared up to take on the challenges of life. They're clearly cut from a really fine stock where they believe they can do anything they set their mind to. But at the same time, there are plenty of people who need a little more encouragement and it shouldn't take the most ferocious personality type to become a pilot. It should be a case where the industry can welcome many different people from who, who are introvert, extrovert, everything in between. Um, I spoke to a young female pilot recently um, who has just got her commercial license. She's 19 years old. And she told me that when she started, she used this fantastic analogy. When she started her training, she said it was, it's sort of like if, if, a, if a man wanted to start a dance class and the dance class was full of women or younger girls. There'd be nothing stopping him from doing that. 
but he'd feel a damn sight better about it if he was actively encouraged and invited into that space. Um, yeah, and I think, I think that's it's a this... really good way. Yeah, that's a really good way to explain it. Yeah, and think, it's if you, you just reverse it, it's it's the same thing. It's not it's not a case that anyone's saying you're a woman and you can't do this. It's hmm. the smaller things. It's the fact that actually, when you give someone a bit more permission, you give them an invitation, you give them encouragement, they feel like they can step into somewhere that perhaps is quite daunting. Not every woman wants yeah. to work in a male-dominated industry. They're not interested in having to deal with the small challenges that may seem quite inconsequential to many. But when you're living those experiences day in and day out, they can actually really put some women off. Mm. Well, yeah, I think that's a really good analogy that I, many, many years ago before I... Uh, uh, joined the Air Force. I, I was a, a radiographer. Well, not for long. I only lasted about 18 months. And I was one of five men in a department of 60 women. So I, oh, wow. I have been there. I have been on the other side. How was, how <laughs> was it for you? But do you know what? I, I, I suppose it's it's a little bit different. I, maybe it's my personality type. I, I didn't really think about it until afterwards. Um, I, I left to join the Air Force because, like you, I had a passion for aviation passion for flying it wasn't really what I wanted to do with the rest of my life but it was certainly very different I think if I now if I revisit it I was only I was only 20 years old 19 years old actually so uh yeah it was different and and actually on my course there were actually I think there were three guys as well but yeah it was very different work atmosphere um and it, I mean the NHS is, is a fine example you know which is largely staffed by women Yes. Um, at, at certain levels, of course. But again, I would imagine, I, I don't want to misquote, but I suppose even at, uh, at uh, doctor type level, there may be a more even balance, I would suggest these days. But no, it's a really good analogy. And that those those snippets, as you mentioned, it's I get the impression that it may be something that would start to snowball. So if you had more, it, it's chicken and egg. If there were more women actually in say for example our industry in the rotary industry it would seem more open it, it wouldn't be seen as because i i worry sometimes i've just uh, we've just taken uh, a young lady on to fly for us the company that my day job and there was quite a fanfare and i'm wondering do, what do you think about that do you think that's maybe not the right thing to do anymore it's a double-edged sword. I've spoken to so many women who are really proud to be given the title of female pilot, but I've met an equal number who are really pissed off at becoming unintentional <laughs> figureheads. Yeah. They just want to fly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah. most women don't go into aviation because they want to be a woman in aviation, a woman in STEM. They're tired of the labels. However, mm. they do understand that they have an opportunity to inspire others and to be that invitation to any woman or any girl who may feel uncertain about finding her place within the industry. It, people who want to work in aviation just want to work in aviation. It's got nothing yeah. to do with their gender. But the no. fact that the the fact that the disparity is still so pronounced between genders shows that there's clearly more to it than just acting like gender doesn't matter and acting like there aren't some hidden barriers within the industry that do put people off. 
Sure. So winding this all the way back, you said that yeah, you hadn't started doing any flying training yet, but I, that's on that's on the cards. I think you said. Um, Absolutely. As soon as this we... production wraps, I'm going to jump to the ne- nearest airfield and, and get up in a plane because I'm talking to so many pilots. And as much as I love everything I'm doing with the production, I come off of every call just desperate to be flying myself. Brilliant. And so look at having that feeling. How do we get that across to to young girls? I mean, I, 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 I don't want to differentiate really because part of my passion as well is trying to get youngsters in general because it isn't just it it's worse for it's worse that's the wrong expression it, it's it's more difficult for girls but it's also now we're seeing it as not a hugely attractive uh career or even just a, a hobby uh for a lot of youngsters what do you think what do you think are the barriers? Let's let's move. Just I know it's part of the film, but let's just move it across all of the youngsters at the moment. What do you think is the barrier there for everyone? Because I say we're not just seeing it with girls. I say it's not as good, but we're seeing it over the industry completely. Absolutely. When you say youngsters, it, it's different at different age groups. Really, I think if we have enough. Uh, enough pilots going into schools at all ages and just presenting young children um, and students with the career path as a possibility, if they can see themselves in it and if they're presented with a good example of someone in that field, they will potentially consider it. A lot of people in the aviation industry come from military backgrounds which is great, and there's clearly a lot of a lot of interlinking between military and co- even well, military and commercial aviation, for example. Careful, careful what you say here, Catherine. I'm going <laughs> to be careful. I'm going to be very careful. <laughs> what I will say is that that is that it is still a closed network. For instance, I didn't grow up considering being a pilot. I have no one in my family linked to the military, but I was first introduced to the idea of piloting when I signed up to be an RAF cadet as a teenager. So I think there are certain pockets and certain demographics where young people are just introduced to piloting as a career choice, not even as the most exciting, but just as an option. The normalization yeah. of it as a career can take away some of the stigma and the fear, I think, that young people can feel in the fact that it's such an enormous undertaking. It's incredibly difficult to train. It's incredibly expensive. Um, I think young people will be very inspired by what they see in media. Uh, it's not just a case of what they see in the cinema. It's also a case of what do they see on social media. There are so many influencers who are doing a lot, I believe, to show people that they can enter that industry. Whether they do that proficiently or not, and whether they are honest and entirely truthful about the industry, varies from influencer to influencer. But I do think they could have a part to play in just exposing younger people to that career path. Yeah. There's so much more out there now, really, considering when I when I was a youngster, I was very lucky. I, I All I ever wanted to do was fly. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I was 
the introduction I had was uh, from air shows. Um, uh, you know, a mate at school, his dad was very keen to go to air shows. And, and we went to lots of air shows. And I just remember seeing pit specials doing, uh, you know, doing aerobatics. I mean, seeing gliders, and, you know, and everything and all the way through the military stuff. I, I really had no inclination to join the military, like you said. And, and that military influence is, is, is diminishing. It, it really is because there's less and less people in the military. Um, and so I there's see. less there's less people leaving the military and joining aviation but you are right it mm. particularly the helicopter world and and you, and you mentioned it there the big problem i see is money it, it, yes. it's such an expensive hobby sport you know leisure activity that to get into it uh, we're seeing the, the other demographic and that's that's kids with rich parents uh, and and that's a shame that's a shame but you mentioned the air cadets there and the Air Cadets is mm. is a truly wonderful organisation. Um, it's and, wonderful. You know that gives yeah that gives everyone the opportunity uh, to have a go. And of course, there's there's lots of others. Do you think one of the things we talked about money? Money is the, the, the I you know is is one of the big um, barriers. But do you think as well that aviation now is slightly portrayed as being not the kind of career you want to go into? It's 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 associated with pollution and pollution bad oil bad you know mm. is do you think that may be having some part to play i'd say it depends again on the demographic that you're talking about really there are clearly thousands of people who don't give a toss what it does to the environment they're just desperate to fly i will say Younger generations are clearly more eco-focused. They are being educated from a young age to consider the environment. It's much more on their peripheral, I'd say, than previous generations. That's a huge generalisation, I understand. But if we're talking in generalisations, that's roughly where we're at. I think... I think maybe the answer to that would be for younger generations who might be concerned about the ecological negative side effects of their piloting careers, to see what can be done in terms of an electric future within the industry, they will have more of an opportunity than anybody else to be a part of yep. that change. So if Certainly. they can see it more as a chance to step up and be a part of that change, then we're looking at potentially quite a progressive future in terms of the transition from uh, from fuel to electric. But that will obviously take decades and be costly in its own right. Yeah, it's not going to be as quick as everyone thinks. Um, no way. We're seeing this massive rise in EV toll technology. Um, there's nothing really out there successfully commercially flying or even although saying that there is the uh the pipistrelle sinus which is which is uh flying in some flying clubs and think in the uk now as well so there is an electric trainer out there although it's still quite limited mm. but yeah the rise of the ev toll and not all of these things i think as you just said it could take decades decades before we're all sitting behind the screen watching them fly around i think before we get to that stage we're still going to have people flying them it might not be in the traditional yes. sense of a stick and rudder pilot uh, like I, I came through, but even now that that side of the industry is 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 diminishing as well. You know the the aircraft that that I fly when I do get to fly 
are so automated that it's not it's yeah. not where I was say you know 35 years ago where you were you know, fighting with the thing from takeoff to landing <laughs> whereas, whereas now whereas now you just press a couple of buttons uh, I, totally. I keep on saying this in every podcast I must not say it because I'm I'm gonna do a lot of people out of a job but uh, but yeah you're you're right the the, the move to the move to electric or hydrogen or whatever it will be, I think, mm. has to be seen as a good thing. And I, and I think we need to slightly move away from telling everybody that there's going to be no pilots. No no pilots are going to be required. And I think there will be pilots, but they won't be maybe in the traditional sense that we know. Or, or you know, it, they will be they will be there certainly certainly for the start because I don't see for sure. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. People will shoot me down in flames, but uh, I don't see VTOLs particularly with many passengers on board for the start being being remotely piloted or just even computer piloted. Well, even yeah. if hypothetically we got to a stage where electric flight was the norm and pilots were involved to whatever extent the future holds for them you've still got the fact that the public ha- who many of whom are scared of flying with a human piloting the cockpit um mm. they've still got to get over the change in their mind of trusting something that is automated to fly them from a yeah, to b absolutely. and i yeah. think that may think be gonna... an even harder challenge yeah, I think you're right, uh, and, and whether that's been considered or not, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes over the next, you know, I think ten years. Uh, I think once we see the first commercial eVTO in operation, that will be an absolute game changer. Uh, once we see it all there, actually and working, I have great fears over eVTO because the amount of money that's being poured into it feels a little bit again like the dot com boom. But hey ho, that's a completely different subject. <laughs> great. Um, we mentioned you may, we mentioned the Air Cadets, great organisation. I, I put it out there as well, is that you know for girls as well. We're seeing people like the Air League, um, the Honourable Company of Air Pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many great organisations out there at the moment that are giving scholarships, giving courses, giving tasters. In fact, uh, I just stumbled across another organisation, and the name eludes me for the moment. I think it's the Aviatrix Project. Uh, where they're giving out tasters, I think 14 taster flights, um, which is just fantastic. There's there's so much more. I'm so sorry. My cat is trying to get in. Can I just <laughs> throw her can. down the stairs for a second? I don't, in we a haven't very had a cat on way. the podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me two secs. No worries. <laughs> sorry about that. I'm shutting her in with us so she can't complain that I'm not letting her in it's just a closed door cats can't <laughs> handle closed it. doors Don't worry. <laughs> sorry to interrupt so, your flow no that's okay no no we were talking about uh, we were talking about the uh, I think I might even leave that in <laughs> do it <laughs> do it make me human make me human we've, yeah, we've exactly. been on everyone's been on zoom calls everyone knows that I know. life just I know. life happens around us nothing wrong with it no and amazon amazon drivers have a sixth sense whenever you try and record anything because <laughs> uh, i've got i've got two dogs which they like to protect me from the amazon driver never had an amazon driver attack me but uh, 
they they do think that they probably will one day. That and the postie uh, they, they protect <laughs> me quite well. So normally when I record for anything, they go berserk. Anyway, yeah. So we're talking about uh, the the organisations that are out yes. there. Yes. Uh, and I think I think there's probably more now than there were twenty or thirty years ago. Really working hard. I I, I know I'm I'm uh, a um, sounds awfully grand an upper freeman of the. Honourable Company of Air Pilots. It's not that grand at all, but what a great organisation. And, and I'm just putting it out there as well, just that and the Air League, you just need to keep looking out on the media and, and there's so much available for girls, boys, uh, just to get these courses. Uh, they're yes. not easy to get because there's a huge amount of competition, but uh, it's, a, it's a real avenue into aviation uh, as, well as, as well as the air cadets. Unfortunately, air cadets don't get as much flying as they used to, no. and that's you know, but uh, it's still a great organisation. So once we've got once we've got young girls involved in aviation, how do we keep them? How do we make sure that they stay? You know, it doesn't have to be a career. I'm talking about just stay. You know, involved. What do you think? The if we could, we could get past that initial barrier of getting getting young girls, women, females into aviation. How do we make them stay and make it attractive? I think there are a couple of of things, really. Firstly, they need to be in an environment where they're not going to feel ostracised. I'm talking about small microaggressions, jokes that aren't especially funny, um, anything that can just make a female pilot feel like they're being judged more by the fact that they're female and less by the fact that they're a pilot. Um, if, if they're in an environment where their gender is largely irrelevant, they'll have no real reason, I think, to want to leave because aviation in general is a wonderful career and a wonderful industry to be a part of. However, there are a few things that can be difficult from a career perspective uh, when women want to... When, 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 when women are chasing say, a captain's training at an airline. I've spoken to a lot of female pilots with um, many years of experience working at, say, one particular airline, and they find that the time at which they have garnered enough hours and experience to start pushing for captain's training is also at the same time in their life where their body clock starts telling them to hurry up and have a family. And they're suddenly put in a position where they have to make a choice which is unfortunate, I think, because if a man was in that position, he just needs to decide, well, will I cut back on my hours or maybe take some additional hours on for the next few months so I've got a nest egg saved up for my new family whenever they start. Whereas a woman obviously has to deal with pregnancy and it's not like you have a baby and can go straight back to work. The emotional attachment to a newborn is massive and I think a lot of women struggle to navigate early motherhood whilst juggling a career that can be very demanding of their time and can be very dangerous as well. I think a lot of women consider what they're doing within the industry when they become a mother for the first time and start to think about some of the dangers involved in the industry too and how that sits with yeah. them as a, as a new parent. Obviously, there are loads of women who have families and continue 
flying and see very little change in their career trajectory. They just take a little bit of time out to have their family and then they come back. But there are nuances and intricacies within that that can just make things a mm. bit more complicated for women, even yeah. even before they get to that stage. I think the seniority system probably doesn't help that. Uh, certainly uh, in the airlines, I can imagine, you know, if you are just rolling up towards captaincy, you know, and you do go off to have a family, you're going to come back and you, you potentially, well, uh, well with, the, with the law in place, you shouldn't be, but I can see that with seniority in place in that position, that command position may have gone or those command positions may have gone because you never know which direction the industry is going to take a turn in. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I can absolutely, absolutely see that. And probably the industry doesn't work for you in that respect. Um, totally. And this isn't and, an and, example. And there is a lot of luck. Yeah, there's a lot of luck involved. And from for both genders, to be honest, uh, you know, for both males and females, uh, there is a massive amount of luck involved in, in how you progress. Uh, I, I mean, I've not flown, I've not flown an airline, I've, you know, I've flown commercially helicopters. Uh, and we don't have such a strict seniority system. Uh, but yeah, luck is is a major factor hugely and i think it's really important to acknowledge that i'm not saying that these are deliberate biases against women we're not talking about anybody saying well no. we just want less female captains because they're too busy having babies no, no one's exactly. saying that never not no. at all uh, it's it's not about that at all what what we have got is a situation where there are inadvertent negatives yeah it wasn't designed more, more, more maybe maybe more system than than actual thought i think i think yes. more system and process hugely and hugely yeah and that's well, just as hard to get around totally we're working with a lot of systems that were created decades ago and mm. just because the industries that those systems are in have swollen so gargantuanly over the last, well, the last hundred years, but even in the last 20 years, things are unrecognisable from where they were. Um, you're left with... Is it better? Sorry. You're, you're left Go ahead, with, Catherine, sorry. That's right. You're, just because things have swollen so much and the industry has changed and blown up so intensely, you're left with systems that then become labyrinths and it becomes incredibly difficult to change anything even though quite a lot of those systems may be outdated and it may be more beneficial to rewrite and change things but any kind of change on that scale takes ages yeah absolutely uh, do you think it's um you've done some interviews and stuff already do you think it's better in some well let let i i obviously in some parts of the world any female working is difficult, but let put in put in those mm. kind of where, where there are fanatics and and religion involved. Um, do you think it's is it? Have you seen any place that's better than say say the UK? I mean, is it is it is America? Is North America? Is you know is is some parts of mainland Europe? Do you? I've not I've not looked into this, but is there better rates of of females in the on the flight deck or in the cockpit? The country with the highest commercial representation of female pilots is India, which well, there you go. 
I find fascinating. And I wouldn't have guessed that. No. Yeah. I don't think it will be many people's first first guess. And we are we are. I would have said North America. I would have just said North America because just Mm. the volume of of, of, you know pilots. But yeah, Mm. India. Any any inkling why you think that might be? My understanding of it currently and we do have some amazing interviews scheduled so in a few months time i i will be able to speak on this far more (laughs) in a far more detailed and eloquent way there are a couple of things with india firstly it is largely the only the privileged women in india who can afford to enter into that industry so it is quite a closed network so it's not all good but it's also an industry where by law women have to be paid the same rate as men and i can't say for certain but Mm. i do know that there are certain industries within india where women are not paid the same rate as men. Oh, without a doubt, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and not just a few, I would imagine. I would imagine the many, yeah. Yeah, so okay. so if you're in a privileged position to go into that industry, it's advantageous for women because they know yeah, that they're not okay. going to be held back by any kind of pay gap. Yeah, interesting, really interesting. That's that's yeah. I, I never I never would have. I think if I'd you know given a map of the world and told to drop a pin on it where I thought would it wouldn't have been India. But that, that's no. that's quite fascinating. And 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 the film will explain all this. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a case <laughs> yeah. of getting examples and viewpoints from a cross section yeah. of people within that demographic so that we can hear all sides of the arguments as well. We're not interested in making a piece of propaganda, but we would no. much rather have discussion around all of these talking points. Great. So where do we go from here? For, well, I so say, where do we go? Uh, where, do, where do you go from here? What, what's next? Well, from the production standpoint, we are launching a crowdfunding campaign in a few weeks' time in April. The best thing that anyone can do if they're interested in supporting this production would be to head to our website. We're at www.flightpathproductions.com. If you sign up to our mailing list, we are using this mailing list as the most efficient way of getting in touch with everyone from around the world that supports us. We don't want everyone to have to be checking their social media in the hopes that we'll post an update. What we can do is send out emails to everyone when we launch our crowdfunding campaign, but it's also then going to serve as a little tracker. It's going to follow us around the world when we film, so it'll be the first place for people to know about what we're doing and who we're talking to and where we are in the world today. So... For us, as a production company, we're just looking to let as many people know about our production and spread the word as much as possible so that anyone who's interested in helping us raise our budget needed to start filming can can help us out. Brilliant. And I think I'm not 
correct me if I'm wrong, the crowdfunding, you have to get it done in a certain period of time, don't you? I think you, was, is that right from what I've read? So it depends on the platform. The one that we, we right. did a crowdfunding campaign last year, we raised £13,500 in 30 days, but we weren't able to take a single penny of that home because we didn't hit our overall target, which is gotcha. a great shame. It's very difficult to turn around to those people that had been so generous and say, actually, we're sorry, but due to the regulations of this crowdfunding platform, we can't accept your contribution on this occasion. What we're doing yeah. with this relaunch in April is we're running the campaign for at least two months. So we're giving ourselves even more time. And um, we're also working with a system where we can take a certain cut of what is raised if we feel that the overall target isn't going to be reached. Though I'm very confident that we will be reaching it this time because we've been speaking with so many uh, associations and individuals that are really supportive of this cause. So I feel we're we're in a we're in a really strong position moving forward. Great, yeah, and I think probably coming out the other side of the pandemic will certainly help. Uh, I, I know that's Hugely. probably not a, a real reason for for people not handing across money or investing. But I suppose just from your point of view, actually getting in front of people um, is is going to be a lot easier this year, hopefully. Yes. Yes. As as, hopefully. Long as long as other things don't happen, which, uh, we won't discuss. <laughs> so that that's really great. And we'll add it to the show notes, and we'll do whatever we can. Uh, Thank you very much. And get and get it out there. So we ask everyone. I keep on saying we. I, I must stop doing that. It's only me. <laughs> <laughs> I've developed this awful habit of saying we. <laughs> me, myself, and I. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I always ask uh, this this question, and you can answer it in any which way you like. Um, okay. It's probably probably quite an appropriate time to ask this question, actually. Mm. What do you think the world will look like in five years' time? And you can answer it from from an industrial point of view, from a personal point of view, whatever you like. The the more out there, the better, though. <laughs> sure. Cat's back. Cat's back. <laughs> Hang on. She wants to be let out now, so I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> I've got the door closed because in my studio I, I seal everything off to get the best audio quality, but... Right, so is this question, what will the aviation world look like? Or is this Whatever just like. what will the world look like? Because I've got an answer for what will the aviation world look like in five years' time. We'll go for that one then. Sure. <laughs> my answer is depressingly similar to how it looks now. <laughs> Can we have your other answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Ch change takes a long time. It happens yeah. at a glacial yeah. pace. It's not sexy. It's not inspiring. But it is still positive because it is still change. And I think it's important to remember that. How the world will look in five years' time, I imagine, will probably be... Will probably be split between those who are very entrenched in whatever their views are and mm. those who have turned over a new leaf and see hope in situations like a global pandemic. I think it's awoken yeah. things in people and it's it's highlighted and strengthened whatever beliefs people originally held. I think we've run to slightly yeah. more extreme versions 
of ourselves because we've had time to reflect on what's really important to us. I think that's just what I was about to say. I think if we can look back over the last two years and, and work anything out, lots and lots of people have decided what I think, well, I think we all have. We've all had time to reflect and a little time to slow down a little bit as well, apart from the poor Amazon drivers who I keep mentioning. Indeed. Who've had no chance to slow down. None at all. <laughs> In the last two years, in fact, it's got busier, but people have got a chance to look at their lives and think, well, actually, is it really important that I go racing off up the career ladder or is it important that I work every hour that that uh, is sent to me that's available to me but yeah, i think you're right catherine uh, that's that's excellent yeah in the aviation world who knows i think that i'm i'm kind of glass half full i think uh, um i think if we can get through this this next year or two um and see which way the airlines go whether there is you know a recovery whether there should be a recovery whether we should be using you know short haul just to go to you know just just to fly the length of the UK, um, that'll be quite interesting, whether we actually have better ways of getting around without jumping into uh, aircraft, uh, unless they're actually more efficient or uh, or cleaner. Yes. Uh, that's another that's another way of looking at things. But yeah, I think I think it will I, I'm I'm confident. I think there's a lot to come. I think it's gonna be really quite an exciting time over the next few years. The whole electric thing, the whole eVTOL thing. Uh, the way everything is moving, it's going to be quite quite interesting. Absolutely. Let's, let's stay let's stay ultra positive. Catherine, it's been awesome having you on. Thank you very much, and thanks for the the cat interruptions. <laughs> that will give oh, me. Oh, <laughs> she just wanted to take center stage for a minute, and I I didn't <laughs> have the heart to say no. <laughs> uh, one thing I haven't mentioned to everyone actually is that Catherine's actually a professional voiceover. <laughs> uh, is it artist the right word? I'm yes. not sure. That yes, sounds... voiceover yes. artist. Yes. Yeah, so I'm quite pleased because at the start I was petrified that I would make myself look a complete idiot. Not it's, at all. It's, it's absolutely been wonderful having you on and uh, and it's been really interesting hearing about the film. Great to hear your views on things as well. And best of luck, really best of luck with the crowdfunding. I hope, you know, towards the end of 2022, we might even get you back on to find out what's happened. And maybe there's a trailer coming. I do love a trailer. Oh, there will be many trailers. It's been coming for for about three years. So (laughs) (laughs) you're in good company. Absolutely. Yes. No, I'd I'd love to to come back and have a chat when we've got a documentary to show. It would be really interesting to have a a conversation once you've had a chance to to watch what we've made as well. We'll have uh, an awful lot of ground to cover. Brilliant. Thanks, Catherine. Take care. Thank you, Chris. Cheers. My big thanks go to Catherine from Flight Path Productions. It's been a fascinating insight into not only the challenges involved in bringing a film into production, but also some of the barriers that women and females face when they're trying to join the industry. It's really important that we make aviation as a sport, hobby, or leisure activity, or even a career choice more accessible to everyone, no matter what their gender is or even their background. If you'd like to help Catherine and the team, please sign up to their newsletter. The link will be in the show notes. Are you an aviation business looking to get your message out there? Well, podcasting is a great way to tell a hungry audience more about the good work your aviation business does. If you're interested in being our next guest, please get in contact with us via our website at www.busyaviation.co.uk. Keep up with the latest news by signing up for our email newsletter. And make sure you subscribe using your favourite podcasting app to the Busy Aviation Podcast. And we really look forward to seeing you next time.
for episode nine. That's all for now. Take care. 